Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Brings them into the straight over Bonsell Benjamin. King of Swing will have to find. They were followed by Outer Orlando. The next one, Spirit of St. Louis Majestic Cruiser. Bonsell Benjamin trying to give chase to this leader, Expensive Ego. It's Expensive Ego. Bonsell Benjamin's closing. Expensive Ego's in front. The air apparent. Expensive Ego. He wins the grand final. Beats a brave Bonsell Benjamin. Outer Orlando. Well, he didn't really win it. And I don't know if our first guest on Mobile Rolling would want to hear that particular replay, but no. No doubt watched it heaps and heaps of times. I say good morning to Chris Barsby. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. And you've got the driver of the Inter Dominion, Bonsell Benjamin, joining us this morning. Yeah, been lucky enough to track down Josh Gallagher to talk about what took place there on Saturday night because, as you just heard with that replay, it was expensive ego first past the post, but with the protest, Bonsell Benjamin was deemed to be the winner of the 2021 Inter Dominion Pacing Championship Grand Final, and it was proudly sponsored by Tab. And Josh joins us now. Josh, good morning. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. How many times have you watched the replay? Uh, I've watched it heaps of times. Um, sort of a night I'll never forget. Well, tell me this. Did you know straight away that you were going to fire in a protest? Um. Yeah, I wanted to have a look at the video for sure first up and then um, once I watched the uh, replay once, I knew for sure that um, we'll have a crack at protesting and um, we are lucky enough to get up. Did you have to talk with Jason Grimson before uh, officially lodging the protest? What was his thoughts? What was your thoughts after watching the, the replay? Um, yeah, we watched the replay together and... Um, we both said in the room um, we'd like to um, put in a protest. Um, yeah, and lucky enough, um, they went our way in such a big race. Josh, can I ask, did you have words with David Moran, expensive ego, when you passed the line? Um, no, I didn't really speak to David Moran after the line. We sort of just went our separate ways and um, uh, we never really spoke to each other until still going into the room and um, giving both our evidence. Were you angry, though? Oh, I wasn't really angry. Just um, it would have been great to get a fair run um, when the opportunity comes. But um, it was still, um, still ended up the right decision in the end. What was the vibe like, though, Josh, once you got into the room? Because this was being been throughout the country uh, with Sky... Uh, racing, having the vision and, and the access to be in the stewards' room. What was the vibe like in your mind? Did you think it was going to be closed? Did you think you were going to have it turned over pretty quickly? What What were you thinking? Oh, it's, um, it was um, totally different to any other protest that I've been in, just having being such a big race and having the media in there. It's always got that little bit of added pressure. But, um, yeah, I was... It sort of went for a long time and probably a bit too long than usual. But um, seeing a big race, they had to make the right decision. And um, I think they got, got this decision right in the end. So, yeah. 
Josh, how much ground do you think, if that horse didn't roll in, expensive ego, and your horse had a straight line run to the line, what do you think Bonsell Benjamin would have won the race by? It was only ahead in the end, of course, and then the margin. Yeah, um, I, I reckon he would have won probably probably half length. He, um, he got checked about the 150 and then had to make up all that ground again. Um, and to run him down into a head, it's just... Um, it's unheard of for a horse to get checked um, so late in the race and then to make up that ground in such such a short amount of time. Um, yeah, he's just he's a different horse to um, I've ever driven before. He's just got that um, point-to-point speed. And, um, yeah, just going to be more happy for the owners and Jason for having him ready on the night. Now, when the protest was being heard, you were set out of the room before being called back into the room. At, at what stage did you think you felt confident that this was going to be upheld? Oh, Mr. Um, Chris Paul asked um, Dave Marion a question um, if there was a run there and um, for him to do that, to ask Mr. Marion um, before we come back in to get for the final verdict, um, it, it sort of Jared Jerry to me then that we might might have a shot at um, being upheld and um, as um, Mr Bentley um, gave the verdict, it, it was just a great feeling in the end to um, uh, get the upheld and yeah, it was just it was just um, one night I'll never forget. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and with good reason. Now. Just going back to the start of the week, you weren't even guaranteed you were going to be driving Bonsell Benjamin. No, I was, um, I was at actually Newcastle at the races and um, Jason rang me at 4 o'clock that afternoon and um, he said, oh, would you like to drive Bonsell Benjamin? I said, yeah, I'd um, love to. And um, we come up with a good barrier draw on the front line. Um which he has great gate speed and there wasn't a lot of gate speed off the front and um, we just used it to his ability and, um, yeah, it won us the race, I, I think, yeah. Mm. Now, back in the series, you, you drove Bonshill Benjamin, but correct me if I'm wrong, did you pick off at some stage throughout the series? I actually, um, I didn't I didn't drive him for the series. I, I jumped off to drive Burnham Boy for um, Kevin Pizzuto. Um, I... Yeah, so one of those things where um, Kevy, he's been pretty good to me. Um, yeah, I sort of stuck stuck to a loyal card there, and um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get back on in the final. And yeah, just couldn't be couldn't be more thankful to Jason for um, giving me the opportunity to put me back on. Were you surprised he was fifty to one? Um, not not really. Because um, you, you did have King of Swing and Expensive Ego, they won all their three heats. Um, pretty, pretty good achievement for um, Belinda and Luke uh, to get two horses to win all their heats. And um, yeah, we were sort of going, going in the roughy, but um, yeah, it was just a great experience. And um, yeah, to be at such a young age to do it, it's um, sort of. Um, Set you up good for life, and um, yeah, just going to be more thankful. How old are you? 
I'm only 21. Just 21. turned 21. Who's the youngest, Chris, to drive an end and winner? Uh, Chris Lewis. Village kid. How old was he? No, no, it was Car Clue Car back Clue, in the, uh, the 70s, I think it was. So he was 20. What's and, one year and... between friends, Josh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh... and, and Josh, tell me this. Only driver of my stats are ride going into that race on Saturday night. Of all the Inter Dominion drivers that were lining up behind the gate, you were the only one that hadn't driven a Group One winner. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, what a way to get your first Group One. Um, <laughs> you won't forget it. Nah, it'll it'll stick stick with me forever. And um, yeah, I was just yeah over the moon. I, um, to get your first Group One in a in a Dominion. In the Dominion Grand Final, it's, um, it's, I don't think it's ever been heard of. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm still pinching myself today. Steve, I don't think it's going to happen again. In the race's history, that's the first time a protest has been upheld. And uh, given that that was Josh's first Group 1 win, it, it, it just it's just something that mm. won't be probably done ever again. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just something special and, um, yeah, I'm just going to be more thankful, yeah. yeah. The only thing is, Josh, if I was in your shoes, I'd be obviously over the moon, but I'd be a fill a bit rorted as well. That I've got no photograph of the horse first past the post and no video with him winning, you know what I mean? It's great that you did it, but it'd be lovely to have a big photo on the wall with him winning it, wouldn't it, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it would have been good if you was first past the post, but um, we... Um, there wasn't one on the track, but we had to win it in the stewards' room, and um, yeah, it was just a good outcome. I'll tell you what, there's some great Photoshop apps at the moment. Just switch it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, technology these days is pretty good stuff. So. <laughs> uh, great stuff, Josh. Well done. Um, I'm thrilled uh, that you're able to get that result there on Saturday night. And as you said, it uh, it could just put you on the uh, on the, uh, the 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 way to bigger and better fortunes moving ahead. You're only a young man. You're a, a very hard worker. Nobody says a bad word against you. So it's just a, a huge result for you. So enjoy it. I'm sure you're going to have a great Christmas and uh, congratulations with that uh, with that result there on Saturday night. Thank you. And um, same to you. Have a good Christmas. And um, yeah, just thank you. Good on you, Josh. Good on you. Winning the Inter-Dominion final. Chris, what happens with that horse now, Bonsell Benjamin? Well, I'm not sure. I'm sure they could probably look at, uh, you know, probably just giving him a bit of an easy week or two. And then before you know it, the big race is going to be just around the corner again. Do they look at a race like the Hunter Cup down in Victoria? Because that's where he's from. That's where he still owns. So mm. maybe they look at a race like the Hunter Cup coming up in, in early February. His, his gate speed is amazing, isn't it? Like he was just, he yeah. was hard up the arm. As soon as the arm came back, he went with the arm and then he just, he led within a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, and that's going to be the other big race for him as well, the Miracle Mile. I'm sure Connections will want to have a crack at that, given that he's got that explosive gate speed. Graham Dwyer's with us, Chris. Well, I want to talk to Graham because there's always plenty to talk about. He's got a number of runners competing tonight at Redcliffe, but he also registered a big milestone across the weekend. Win number 100 for you came up, so that was Doug, the trotter that scored on Saturday night. Uh, Graham, as I say, good morning and congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Good morning to you. So was it Doug on Saturday night that registered the milestone? No, she aims the day on uh, Sunday. So, um, okay. So Angus stole uh, Peter's thunder, really. 
Okay. And speaking of that as well, you provided Pete win number 300 on Friday afternoon. Yeah, you know, like, it's, I'm sure, like, Pete would rather be in one of his, but, you know, like, me and Pete worked so hard all year together and, um, you know, and really we toiled hard to get the results that we have in our stable. And I, I think it was just fitting that it was just a, a good little finish um, for the partnership we've had through the whole year. Absolutely. I think Darren Clayton did some sums and between Chantel and yourself, uh, the bulk of those wins that Pete was able to achieve uh, came from those two stables, his wife Chantel and yourself. I think you ended up providing over 70 winners for Pete throughout the year. Yeah, well, I think it was 73 or 74, but um, he, um, yeah, like the, the the quality of horses we got aren't probably matching the quality that Pete's got. So just the way, he, you know, he had to really drive those horses well to get the job that he, to get the results we did, you know. And uh, on one, I'm so proud of uh, the horses we got here and uh, for what they've done. And uh, and obviously the team that's uh, put them on the track, you know, and I think just the whole family environment that we have here helps. And uh, it's just so rewarding. I think we all deserve, you know, we're all happy with the outcome. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just with the race itself there on Friday afternoon, Willie Wild Lightning was given a chance, and uh, soon after the start, it was obvious that, you know, he was going to play a hand at the finish. But were you confident that that was going to be the moment? Um, no. No, I wasn't, because I, I just didn't think he had that high enough speed. Um, you know, and, and Pete was quietly confident. And, uh, yeah, no, but I, I wish I was more confident because I might have been more ready for it. Yeah, no doubt. Like, like us all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like you said, Graeme, you, you've toiled hard. It's been it's been a, a busy year, a big year. But there's been plenty of work, and a lot of that goes um, yeah, unnoticed. But uh, to, to be part of that, and then on Sunday night at Redcliffe, to bring up that milestone yourself with 100 wins, that it's just a huge team effort. Big time. You know, like, we haven't got 40 or 50 horses, Chris. We, uh, most of the year, like, we've only just got over 20 horses now, and that's because the young ones have come back. So the majority, if not all the year, we've had 15 to 20 horses. So to say 15 to 20 horses and go out and win 100 races a year, um, you know, it's unheard of. And then the people that don't win 100 races a year, you know, who spend a lot of money and, you know, have a, a big outfit to, uh, to churn out winners, you know, they haven't got 100 winners this year. So, you know, it's hard racing here. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just think that we've stepped up as a team and, and the horses have just well and well exceeded what they're capable of. And, um, yeah, we've had milestones all through the year and, and just to share even, and the one with Pete. So, and to share it with our family, yeah, it's something we aim for part, roughly halfway through the year because we thought, shit, this could be possible. But, you know, as we went along, we went, you know, let's really knuckle down hard and, and take them where they can win. And we did that and, uh, and we come up with a result. Well, there's been plenty of highlights. There's no doubt about it. We've just touched on a few. The fact that you've been able to bring up the uh, the century of wins as a trainer. Uh, the fact that you were part of the, uh, the the process with Pete McMullen. You provided his 300th winner there on Friday afternoon. You've had feature race success. Your son Laney's been in the winner's circle as well. If you could pinpoint and only nominate one highlight for the year... What would you say? Uh, you know, like, it comes down to this. Be, you, you work so hard and you can, the effort that you put into each and every horse, you never get rewarded for it. 
So, but the only one horse that we've ever got that full re- reward and satisfaction from was Maywin's Best, because you know the work that most trainers would put into a horse, and then what you really get back, and then that horse just really just puts you on top of a mountain. And, uh, and you know he may not have done the big things, but um, you know it's just those small things is bloody is definitely really really good, you know. Satisfying. Yeah, very, very satisfying. Yeah. I'm not surprised you've nominated him. So he's provided so many great thrills, so many heartaches as well, because you've had to work, you know, extremely hard behind the scenes to, to get him back to the races each and every time. And uh, throughout this year, um, he's been retired. So it's been a, uh, a roller coaster with Maywin's Best in, in many ways. Well, it has, but, you know, but the roller coaster is very low and then it just kept going up. And it's never about the money, you know. Like I know we've had races we won money and all that sort of stuff, but what the satisfaction we got from Maywin's best, it was it was just everything bar the money, and uh, and you just can't buy that, you can't get it. And I just wish every trainer in Australia would have a horse like him to go, geez, how good was that? And uh, you know, so if you ask me my highlight, it's just working with a horse like that. Yeah, okay. You're back at the races tonight at Redcliffe. I want to whiz through these runners that you've got. I think you've uh, ended up with a late scratching uh, with one of them, but we'll start with race two, Half Moon Beach. He's in good form. You've been able to turn this guy around. Can he find the winner's circle again like he did three starts ago? Yeah, he probably needs the right horses around him, Chris, in the right scenario, and I just don't know if he got that tonight. Uh, He has a trailing draw, which puts him in the firing line there, um, you know, with the trail. Uh, I just don't know whether, you know, enough's going to happen up front for him to be in it and uh, whether he's genuine enough to come around them at the end. So we are happy how he's progressing, um, but I'd love to, uh, you know, be draw the front line and, and make our own luck, but it can't, it's not tonight, so we'll just see how we go. Okay. Race six tonight, you draw, uh, you're preparing little change, and his recent efforts have been really good. He probably hit a little bit of a flat patch midway through the year, but just looking at his recent efforts, uh, he, he's probably going as well as ever, this guy. Yeah, you're probably right, Chris. He, um, it's a hard one because, you know, look, that class, you know, it is quite solid, and, um, you know, and if he gets forward on the track and if they don't run the right sectionals for him, he can look a bit average, and... Uh, but he always has a go, and I think lately he's just got the right runs in the right, in the, you know, in the right way. So um, I just don't know if tonight will be the same. You need probably something to happen again from his bad draw up front. So we'll just see how we go. The horse as well, um, and he tries. He, he tries very hard. So we'll, hopefully we'll have a bit of luck at the end. All right. One question I want to ask about Little Change: When he won two starts ago. He was just buried on what seemed to be a hopeless position on the inside. Did you walk away or did you actually watch the end and, and actually see him storm down the outside and score? No, well, I did watch it. I actually had another horse in the race that um, was actually vying to, to win the race. And then uh, he started to flatten out. And I think he ran third, which has got to have a hobby. And I went, oh, bugger. And then I thought, look, to his uh, to his right-hand side, it was a little change. So I definitely clamped my eyes onto him then. So, um yeah, no, but that's the sort of runs that horse needs is this, that they just sort of do a touch too much up front and uh, and if he sort of can be sort of levelling up with on the top of the straight, he, he does knuckle down hard up the straight, so. 
Okay. And in the last race tonight, the two-year-old, you had the two runners, but she's notorious as deemed to be a late scratching. So that leaves you with I'm a Chick Magnet, and you've got to don the colours yourself here. So what are the expectations second up with I'm a Chick Magnet? Um, yeah, I, I'd like to drive without any real pressure, but having said that, now that the two's out, might have a little squirt to the front um, and just see how we go. Um, yeah, you know, like I don't know if he's probably where he needs to be right now, but... Uh, you know, I'm sure if he's got a forward position where he can control the race, I'm sure he'll be a good hope. Okay. In time to come, he will be a, a tidy little money spinner, this horse, won't he? He, he will be. He, he needs a lot of growing. Uh, to be honest, he, you know, we're going to just sort of persevere a little bit and throw him back out again. And uh, I think down the track, I, I'm sure he'll grow into a nice horse. And he's got he's got some speed there, but he does have to mature a lot. Okay. Is he named after you, Graham? No. No, definitely not. The mother was all the girls, and the uh, the father's changed. <laughs> and he's got a head like, well, he's got a, he's a very long head. Let's say that he's not the prettiest. Okay, he's like me. He's like me. I've got a good head for radio. There's no doubt about that. Now I mentioned earlier your son Lane. He's a a key part of the team, and he was down there on Saturday night in Sydney because he was part of the. Uh, the, uh, the Shetlands and the Pony races, the Inter-Dominion races that were taking place. And he was able to get the, the win. So was that was that a shock? Did that surprise you when news come through? Because you would have been at Albion Park on Saturday night. So uh, that would have been a big thrill. Oh, honestly, um, Laney's been putting a lot of work into the horse over the last few months. And uh, and to give it perspective, like, they're all the best ponies in, in Australia, pretty much. And, uh, you know, and he's already been handicapped from what races he's won previously so to say that he could go down there and just win it um he's getting on in years and uh, i didn't think it was really possible um you know and laney was always you know hopeful and he went down and got the job done i was just so proud of proud of his efforts before he went and then and obviously getting the job done Graham, it's steve what was the money worth in that race and how far was the handicap um there's no money it's uh it's a really nice rug and uh and um, what was it? Six seventy, I think. Yeah, his handicap was six seventy, I think. Seventy meters. No, six hundred seventy. Yeah, so they all they stagger them out. So oh, okay. Slow, ones up front. No, it's on height, I think actually. Yeah, it's on height, and uh, because he's won the Inter Dominion, but previously he's got ten meters for this and ten meters for that. So, yeah. Mm. Okay, so he's currently on school holidays. Is he handy? He is, Chris. He's just finished work, thank Christ, and uh, I'll, I'll just chuck him on. Okay. What's the horse's name, Chris? Danielle's Dash. Danielle's Dash. Yeah. So how many metres off, Danielle's just so I'm Dash. clear, how many? How far off the lead when they jumped, when they went when they went off the the start? Well, Lane will be able to tell okay. us himself. So he's about to join us now. Lane, can you hear us? Yeah. Morning, Chris. Good morning. So just for Steve, who's part of this interview as well, how many horses are in front of you? So how far behind? What's the horse, say, the, the standing off the front line? What what sort of handicap has he got? And where are you or how far behind are you? Oh, I think there might be about 600. Yeah, 600. So I probably gave him 70 metres. And there was eight in the race. And, yeah, so there was six in front of me. How far okay. was it? And he got to... The race was 600 metres. 600. Okay. Now I'm clear. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you obviously got a very clean beginning. You got away well. 
Um, actually, not really. He's sort of wanted to gallop a bit, but once I got him down and got him on the bit, he actually um started motoring, and yeah, it went really well. Okay, so how far did you win by in the end? Oh, probably good length and a half, I'd say. Okay, and it was a Queenslander that you beat? Yeah, yep. Okay, so... You've done the uh, the hard yards uh, right throughout the year, and this horse has been going really well in all the races that I've called at Albion Park. So were you confident that you could measure up and, and get the verdict? No, I wasn't, to be honest. Well, I knew he had a chance, but I thought the one behind me, which is Secret Mission, he's probably a lot better of a horse. One of his hobbles come out. So he, he got unlucky, but made me lucky. You I didn't suppose. tamper with it, did you? <laughs> no. no I'm only joking <laughs> Were you nervous Lane Going into that race on Saturday night It's into Dominion night There's a big crowd there So were you nervous Yeah I was a bit Because I, I didn't know I had a chance But I didn't think I would win And I knew Probably one of my last big races On the ponies And I, my brother Cody um, Won into Dominion on him So there's a bit of pressure So I wanted to win one too But yeah I was okay. a bit nervous Okay, so he's had bragging rights for quite some time then, by the sound of it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so you've been able to level that uh, that little uh, school card, and now over Christmas uh, lunch or dinner, you can say, anything you can do, I can do just as good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Now tell me, Lane, uh, you're what, 15? 14. Okay, so how far off race driving or trial driving or converting to the big horses, are you going to be away from it? So I get my trial license in just under four months in April. And then a year after that, I'll be um, properly driving at 15, uh, 16. Sorry. What's the age restriction with the little horses? Um, you can do trials and still race. So next year, I'll still be racing and doing trials. And then once you get your like proper racing license, then you have to give up the little ones. Mm. So who's going to drive the little okay. one then? Um, Probably my sister. She doing it too? Yeah. She's How old is she? Uh, seven. Oh, God. She's starting young. <laughs> <laughs> seven yeah. years of age? Yeah. Okay. I started when I was five. Oh, wow. Okay. I couldn't yeah. walk when I was five. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So that's very similar to what you're going to go through next year, Lane. That's what Angus Garrard did. He was able to combine, uh, you know, still going around with the uh, the, the mini trotters and, and at the same time go through the uh, the process of getting his licence for the big horses. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Okay. How fast do they go, yeah. these little horses? Oh, uh, depends which one you go. They're probably, oh, I don't know exactly, but... So what would they run a quarter in, you reckon? Flat out. Oh. Well, I, I wouldn't be too sure, to be honest. Put the clock yeah. on one for me. Let me know. Yeah, I should, eh? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. <laughs> Get your sister to clock them. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious now. Beg your pardon? Well, he's curious now. Yeah, well, that's right. We want to know. Yeah. This is all information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Lane, tell me, uh, who's your idol as far as race driving is concerned? Oh, I've got to say Pete McMullen. He's, he's a good driver. I've always looked up to him. And, and you were the you one. Know, you you know, climbed that turn that he's got now. 
Yeah. Yeah, and also like watching dad races. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So you were the one that came up with the term leader Pete, but it was leader Pete that you said, hey. No, leader Peter. Peter. Righto. Righto. What is it about Pete that you like? Oh, I like his style of driving. He's very determined, I suppose. And, yeah, I just think he's a good driver. Now, with all those good drivers down there that you were part of on Saturday night at Menangle, did any of those guys take your fancy? Anyone like uh, Luke McCarthy, Chris Alford, Anthony Budd, Greg Sugars, anyone else? Yeah, I, I like Luke McCarthy, Cameron Hart. Um, yeah, cr- yeah, pretty much all of them. They're good drivers, I think. Okay. Well, I'll tell you something right now, Lane. I like the way you go about your business when you're out on the track. So I'm looking forward to seeing you convert to the big horses and it won't be... It won't be long before I'm calling you in the races. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I look forward to that. Hey, job yeah. well done there on the weekend, and uh, you thoroughly deserve that victory. So you've got uh, uh, the the scorecard level with your brother, and I'm yep. sure you're uh, looking forward to uh, converting uh, uh, to the big horses in time to come. But uh, keep up the good work. I know you will, and uh, I know your mum and dad are really proud. So job well done. Thanks, Chris. Lane Dwyer joining us That's on our future, radio Chris. this morning. Our yeah, future. exactly right. Yeah, our future indeed. So mm. you saw those uh, races at Doombin recently where they had the, the kids out there on the, uh, the course proper at Doombin. Everyone's been raving about it. These kids get to go out there and, and do the job on a Saturday night at Albion Park. They do it at Redcliffe. They do it at Marburg. And like you uh, aptly described, that is our future. They still future. do it at so, Kilcoy too, Chris? Yep. It was there yep, the day indeed. I went years ago. They had them on there. I think I mentioned when I was yeah. growing up, sort of, well, when growing up, but I was working at the trots when I was young, they used to have them there. And the champion was a, a mini trotter called Downtown Brown. Used to give them these massive starts and still get over them, sometimes off 100 and something metres, I think, at one stage. Darren Clayton knows how fast they run quarters in. He'd know. Yep. He's, he's got all the stats. He's got all the stats. Darren, have you made it across the border? Yeah, yeah, they, they let me back in. I didn't have to dig a tunnel, so I was able to cross legitimately. And, um, yeah, back in. And I reckon that that pony of lanes there on Saturday night probably ran his last 400 in about, probably about 41, I reckon. That's all right. Okay, I thought it'd be a lot slower than that. Yeah, yeah it just depends. There's some, some little, they're all different sizes, and, and it's obviously their handicaps that sort of stretch them out, but uh, it might have been a bit. That's just going off the eye, of course, Steve. But, um, mm. yeah, you know, there, there's bigger ones, there's littler ones, and it's not necessarily the size of how quick they go. Some of the the, the smaller, not necessarily the Shetlands, but uh, I'm not sure what sort of breed they are, but they really they can really get going once they're let down. Just on the protest, did you know straight away to be upheld when they crossed the line? <laughs> once I watched the, the video, like the, the replay piece, I was pretty confident that it would be upheld. The only one, I guess, little nagging factor is that, you know, you hear people say um, they won't overturn a decision in a big race. Well, it was good that that didn't actually come into it and, and that's not we turn around, not what we're turning around and talking about. And I think the fact that there's probably very limited amount of people uh, making any commentary that it wasn't the right decision. I think it was pretty well mm. straightforward that... Um, 
that run was taken and he was going to take that run and he had to check and come back the other way. And, um, yeah, he took plenty of ground off to, to get within that head margin. And that's a good point you make because the horse was 50 to 1 and there wasn't a lot of commentary you know, following the race mm. in regards to the protest decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think everything around it. Uh, it was really great. I didn't see it at the time but got to watch it on replay, The how the um, uh, how that unfolded. We're not, we don't get to see the harness racing um, stewards um, protest hearings very often. Did it get um, heated at all? No, 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 it was very civil. Was it? It was very okay. civil, yeah. Yeah, it was um it was pretty well straight down the line. Uh, the only one there was one point at one time where uh, the chief steward asked uh Jason Grimson to sit down. He wasn't allowed to to point out his uh his point on the screen where David Moran had already been up at the at the T V screen showing a few times. I thought that was a little bit interesting, but uh all in all it was a it was all civil and all um, well handled by everyone involved, the participants, the stewards, and and even the media to get us those pictures without uh, sort of being over intrusive. It's interesting too. So we've had the Inter Dominion, which is one of the, the pinnacle events in in harness racing, and Steve, only what uh, a month, six weeks ago, or probably just over now, uh, you, you go back to the Cox Plate. There was a protest there, and. And that was probably a lot different to what you just outlined there, that uh, there wasn't any sort of, uh, you know, uh, feedback from people saying, oh, the wrong decision was made. And uh, a lot, when you go back to that Cox Plate verdict, some are still thinking that, you know, the, the wrong decision was made. It, it's one of those things. Yeah, but it's a lot of people talking through races, their wallets too, Chris, in these situations. No doubt, no mm. doubt. But um, it was just one of those things where two of our biggest races from two different codes have had protest hearings this year. There you go. That's 2021. That's how uh, how crazy it's been this year. So, Darren, your task at hand tonight is to find us a winner or two for Reckliff tonight. We've got 10 races. Action gets underway at 5.38. You've been pouring over the form. What have you come up with? Yeah, there is actually a few I'm keen on, Chris, and um, probably the first of those is in the first leg of the quaddy. It's race five, number five, Tullhurst Lover. Been in super form this mare, Um for Ben Battle, and then since David McKenzie took over as well, she's been going just as good. Got a great record at Redcliffe, and last week um, overcame gate six and really hit the line. She gets gate five this time. She was a winner from gate five a few runs back. Really suits her style. I think there's a good bit of speed and pressure to the inside, which allows her just to work home over the top again. So race five, number five, Tullhurst Lover. Okay, so that's currently three ten with tab fixed prices right now, and that starts the quaddy. What else did you like there tonight? Yeah, I thought in the in the earlier race, race two, number two, Woodlands Rose um, gets back to Redcliffe, which I think will be in her favour. She's ta- tackled some stronger races at Albion Park at her last three starts. Has a handy enough record at Redcliffe. She's had six starts for a win and two minors, so hitting the the board there at fifty percent. Um, I thought from where she gets in gate one, I think she might just be able to get to the front and could not uh, see too much pressure coming there. And if she was able to pinch a pinch a break or two, um, she'll be mighty hard to stop. So race two, number two, Woodlands Rose. Okay, currently 3.30 with tab fixed prices right now. Have you looked at the quaddy? What numbers have you come up with? 
Yeah, happy to go one out in the first leg with number five, Tullhurst Lover. Like I mentioned, I think she's a good thing. In the second leg, uh, I thought there was a couple of... It's only a small field there, but I thought there was a couple of chances. I've actually got number four, Il Maximus, on top. He was a good runner-up last time out behind La Saffron, who he meets again. Number one, Hammer Time Harley. She's been going super um, just without any luck. So she gets to gate one. Massive advantage for, for her. She's been gate six the last three. So we'll throw her in as well. And uh, throw in number five, La Saffron. He's been doing a great job at Redcliffe as well. So one, four, and five there. The third leg. I thought it's a race in two between number four. She's all-star. She'll probably start the favourite. Uh, we'll press on, likely get to the front, I'd imagine. The other danger, number nine, right time. Got a super record at Redcliffe, this guy. Five wins from his eight starts. So uh, we'll keep an eye on him. So four and nine in that third leg. And in the final leg, a little bit of a tricky maiden here, but I thought it was probably... a. a um, a race where there was only three main chances. Number three, Gamekeeper, still looking for that first win. Had plenty of goes, but just can't quite knock it off. Number nine, T Raveling. Uh, he's returning from a break. He's just had the three two-year-old starts back in 2020. Um, his debut run, that was behind Chamonix. Chamonix's really gone on with it. And number eight, Gregora. He's trialled in good fashion, ready for this return. Uh, he's now with the Ben Battle Stable. He hasn't started since a two-year-old either. All his runs, you go back through his form, it's all behind horses that have really gone on with it. His last start was behind Captain's Pick. Um, he's trialled well. I think he can win this. Number eight, Gregora. I've got him on top. But three, eight, and nine, the closing leg. Okay, so just repeating Darren's numbers. Firstly, we're going five out. That's his best bet, Tullerus Lover. Second leg, one, four, and five. Third leg, numbers four and nine. And then we finish off with numbers three, eight, and nine. So $18 for 100% of that dividend. Darren's best bets, race five, number five. Uh, that's Tullerus Lover. 310 currently, tab picks price. And the other one he likes is race two, number two, Woodlands Rose, currently at $3.30. So a bit of value with those uh, good bets as well. Speaking of Rickliffe, so 10 races tonight. Next Wednesday night, they've got a huge night program, and it's going to be a big feature night of racing. It's their Rickliffe Christmas Cup. They've got a Trotters Christmas Cup, the Redcliffe Guineas, and there's also going to be a two-year-old feature. So it's going to be a big program, 10 races, I'm sure, next Wednesday night. So make sure you get trackside. Uh, so that's not too far away uh, uh, from Christmas night itself. So... Hopefully, many people might be having a bit of a Christmas break, so get trackside, take in some great racing action. You can contact the club for further details. So, Darren, you've made it back across the border. You've got plenty of form to do. Speaking of Christmas Cup program, Saturday night at Albion Park, that's going to be a very good program. Pacing Cup, Trotting Cup for the Christmas Cups, plus the Members Cup. And you'll be joining us on uh, Friday morning to go through all of the form for that meeting on Saturday night. So, Glad to hear you made it back home and uh, look forward to chatting again on, on Friday morning. Yeah, sounds good, Chris. That is a, a great card there on Saturday night. Can't wait to, to sink my teeth into that one.